Well, good morning and welcome to LifePoint today. You're here on the last week of a series called The Lost Art of Friendship. If you're here for the first time, thanks for coming and checking out our church. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm one of the pastors here. And especially if you're visiting with us, please come down front and say hello after the service. I'd love to meet you. If you're watching online, thanks for tuning in for this last part in this really important series when it comes to how to develop friendships. Because if you think about it, most really dumb things you've done in life, you were with somebody, right? You're with a group of people. Somebody's saying, let's do this, or what do you think about that, or, or come on, let's go, let's all do this together. When I was thinking about the stories of my life I, uh, that I was going to share throughout this series, I, ha- I, I kind of listed all the stupid stories and thought, we don't have enough weeks. You know, I've got a lot of stuff that I could share. Well, when my friends and I were really young, like 10, 12 years old, I lived in a little town of about a thousand people. And and so there wasn't a lot to do, so we're heading out on our bikes one day to conquer something or do something or destroy something that boys do. And, and we noticed this big pool of water in this lady's front yard. And on each side was a little, almost like a creek bank, but it, the water wasn't normally there, you could tell. And, and so we go there with our bikes, and guess what? It was like 30 seconds, and we were like jumping into it and running our bikes off the bank into it and, and, and hitting each other and dunking each other and riding our bikes through the water. And, and we were having fun. We were enjoying life. And this lady steps out on her porch and starts to yell. And immediately it's like, we're out of here. Let's go. Let's all get out of here. And, and just as we're getting our things ready to run away so she can't tell any of our parents, she says the words that have forever changed my life. And if you know me, I'm a germaphobe. And now you're going to understand a little bit about why. I wasn't really listening, but I heard the words, my septic tank busted. And, and all, we were all standing around and looking at each other. And we looked in the spokes of our tires. I'm, I mean, our wheels, I'm not exaggerating. There's toilet paper. And, and, and we were like, ah! And, you know, we, we all took off and went home and, you know, bathed in the most effective way possible to get ourselves as clean as possible. But when we were going, when we were having fun, we were having fun. We didn't suspect anything was wrong. We thought everything was great. We're just having fun in this pool of water that just miraculously appeared in this lady's yard and didn't realize it was sewer. And when it comes to our friendships, you may think, well, why do we need to talk for four weeks about friends? Most of us in this room are adults, so why why do we need to do that? Why do we need to talk about friendships? Seems like a pretty basic 101 kind of thing. I imagine that there are many of you in here that you're in relationships that you think everything is just fine. And hopefully when we line that up with what Scripture says and the stories that we've told and, and the way we've talked about how to really develop friendships, you've started to say, well, maybe this is not the best thing for me. Maybe I need to move on. And so what we're trying to do in our culture that defines friendships so much more differently than it used to is figure out how do I have a group of friends that really help make my life better? And yet I know people who are far from God. I'm going to assume if you're here today, you'd like to get to know God better or you'd like to grow in your relationship with Christ or you'd like to grow closer to him or in your understanding of his grace and love and mercy. And, and so I want friends like that. And we all want that. Nobody would say, no, I don't want to be around those types of people. We all would admit we need that. But what about people who are far from God? that we love, that we care about, that, that are not good influences on us, so, but, but God still calls us to be a light to them. How do we do that? 
And that's what I'm going to address in this last part of this series. How do we How do we maintain friendships that help make us better at who we are and what God has called us to be, and yet be a light to those around us who desperately need to hear and experience the message of Christ? If you don't have a Bible, the ushers are coming down, we'd love to give you one. If you're here for the first time, or if you don't have one, or would just like an extra one, or to give it away to somebody, please take one, it's yours. If you'd like to borrow it and read along, you can do that and leave it in the back on the way out. All the scriptures that I read are also displayed on the screen. We really need to know about friendships because as we've used, the statement we've used to drive this whole series is, my friends influence my future. And it's true, the people that you choose to be around, if I just look at the the four or five core people that you hang out with, and I look at the way they are spiritually, and I look at the way their marriages are, and I look at the way they handle their finances and the way they make decisions and moral decisions, I can pretty much get a gauge on the direction of your life. You may not be just like them, but pretty much we are like our four or five closest friends because our friends influence our future. And God makes that clear in the Bible over and over again. God, speaking through a guy named King Solomon, spoke the words that really drove this whole series to even be created. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, it says this, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. So what King Solomon is trying to tell us is, if you hang out with wise people you'll be wise. It's going to just rub off. It's contagious. But if you hang out with foolish people, if you hang out with idiots, you'll become an idiot. You'll suffer harm. Bad things are going to happen. So mom and dad were right. Like mom and dad were right when they were saying, don't hang out with that person. I don't, I don't like you being around them. Now their parents were probably saying the same thing about me, but still, Mom and dad were saying, don't hang out with that person. And my response was always, come on, mom, I'm not going to do what they do. I'm not going to act the way they act. I'm not going to be the way they are. I can handle this. It was quite the contrary. I was exactly like they were because you can't avoid the fact that your friends influence your future. Today's verse comes from King Solomon A little bit earlier in the book of Proverbs, he said this in chapter 12. The righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. See, if if I'm a follower of Christ, I want to choose people that influence my life in a positive direction. If you're a teenager and you hear your friends say, I want you to make good friends. I want you to choose good friends, or I don't want you to hang out with that group, or I would rather you hang out with this person. Your parents are telling you that because they want you to minimize regret in life. That's one of our jobs as parents, is to look at our lives and say, boy, I shouldn't have done that, that, and that. And you look at our kids and say, don't do that, that, and that. And I know it because I did it. So our job as parents is to help you minimize regret. And one of the ways to do that is to choose your friends carefully. Be very careful about the people you choose to spend your days with, to open up your life to, because they will help set the direction of your life. See, there are a lot of friends we come across by by chance, 
maybe in class, at work, in the neighborhood, on the field, and we just come across them and get to know them, but, but you only deepen a relationship with someone by choice. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. I will never live the right life with the wrong friendships. Since our friends influence our future, it's impossible to live the life that God calls us to without the right people around us. So we can't be around the wrong people and live the right life. The Apostle Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he was speaking to a particular church that had some, a lot of different characters in it, a lot of different people coming through, a lot of different uh, moral compasses that people would have. And this is what he said to this group of people in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. He said, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, he uses the word misled because clearly some people were saying, like I did as a kid, and you probably are as a kid, and you did as a kid, I can handle that. I can, I'm not going to do what they do. I, I'm, I'm okay. That will be somebody else. Like even going through this series, you've probably thought of a lot of other people and how they could have better friends. And you've thought, I need to go bring that person so they can hear this, so they can choose better friends. Because you're thinking, well, that's not me. I've got friends that don't follow Christ, and I've got friends that, that really have a different moral compass than I do, but I'm not going to get sucked into that. And Paul says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He's not saying it might, it could. He's saying it does. Now, he doesn't say stay away from bad company. Don't get around people like that. He's saying that if you keep bad company, eventually it's going to corrupt good character. That verse creates a tension. A tension between Jesus being known as the friend of sinners, us being asked to be like Christ, and then Paul saying, yeah, but bad company corrupts good characters. Tension. Well, which is it? We're... we're we're told in Scripture, I'm going to read it in just a moment, to not be joined together with unbelievers, as it says. But then Jesus tells us to go be the light of the world. Well, which is it? Are we supposed to avoid people that may tempt us and corrupt us? Or are we supposed to be a light that reaches out to people who are far from God and get into their lives and get to know them? Which is it? One or the other. It's both. So we have to learn, well, how do I be a light to those who are far from God, but not be so much of a light. I allow them to influence me to go in their direction. That's why this series of messages is so important because our friends will pull us in the direction they're going. So what we have to do is figure out in this last segment, how do we have friends that help us go in the direction we need to go in, but yet maintain friendships that will still help us be a light to those who are far from God. Because originally we were going to call this last part unfriending. But that's kind of cruel. That's like unfriending. Well, that's no fun. I mean, I got friends I love and I want to be with. And you're saying because they don't know Jesus, I can't be their friend anymore. So the better way to, 
say what we're talking about today is how to properly categorize your friends. How to understand what friends help you do which thing. What friends are an influence on you and what friends you are an influence on. And so if you're taking notes, just think about this. Just write down the word core. You've got your core group of friends. The people that you go to with anything. The people that if, if something bad happened in your life today, they would be the ones you would call first. They would be the door you would knock on without any hesitation. Because you trust their judgment. Because you can look at their life and see how they handle conflict or failure or parenting, most of them. I guess you look at their kids to see how they handle parenting. You look at how they handle their marriage. You look at how they handle their morals. You look at that core group of people and say, I want to be like that person or I want to be like them. I have people in my life, when I look at the way they live, I think I want to be like them. So we have a core group of friends that share our values, a core group of friends that have the same moral compass that we do, which is Christ, have the same goals in life, which is to understand more and more about the grace and love and forgiveness that Christ gives each of us. And then we try to orient our lives under that. That's my core group of friends. That should be your core group of friends. Then there's a whole other group of friends, and we'll just call them everyday friends. These are people that, that you don't want to go in their direction, but they may be a lot of fun to hang out with. You don't, want to, you don't want your marriage to look like theirs. You don't want your finances to look like theirs. You don't want your kids to look like their kids, but there's still people that you, you care about that mean something to you. Maybe they've not yet committed to Jesus, but you pray for them and you just think they're going to do it. They're going to get there. But this group of people spiritually will not be able to help you at all. And so today we're trying to figure out, well, what friend goes where? And here's a good way to illustrate it. So if you've got your, uh, you've got your core group of friends, and then this is just your everyday friends, and then you're in the middle here somewhere, kind of going back and forth. I'm a horrible artist, sorry. There you go. You're happy. There we go. So you're in the middle... And you're trying to figure out, well, which group? What, what, how do I handle this? Do I defriend some people or unfriend some people? Here's the way you need to think about it. This group of people, if they're followers of Christ, well, they, they want to they wanna understand Jesus. They want to understand what he wants them to do. They want to understand his grace and mercy and love and how that applies to life, how that applies to finances, how that applies to messed up relationships, how that applies to conflict how that applies to our culture and the world around us. And so those are the people you want to go to because their moral compass is the same. Every, they're not perfect. They still make mistakes, but still their compass is still going in the same direction. That's the people you want to go to for advice and for encouragement and for spiritual nourishment. But we've all got friends in our life that aren't like that, that they're more like everyday friends. The friends that it maybe embarrass you sometimes on what they say or really have to explain what they do or maybe live a lifestyle that is totally foreign to anything you could imagine. But their, their moral compass is not Christ. And it's just anything, I guess, whatever they might hear on the radio. Well, hey, that's good. Or read a book. 
And there's another way. Maybe we'll go that way. Or watch an Oprah episode. You know, she's discovered something new again. And, and then they go in that direction. And then they go in this direction. And how about over here? And it's like, well, how about just we'll just combine all those and live them all? This is not the person you want to get spiritual advice from. Now, listen to this, because n- not everybody's going to agree with this. This is why when I worked specifically with college kids for 12 years, when they would come to me and start talking about their mate, somebody they were going to marry, or somebody they were getting really close to, I would see the relationship heating up, and they would always have the question, hey, this guy, this girl, they don't know Jesus yet, what do you think? And I said, don't give your heart to them, don't get any closer to them. Be nice, be a light, be all you can. Don't give your heart to somebody that doesn't know Jesus or you're going to have problems. And here's why. Because if you're, if you're in one of those relationships, I can identify a big source of conflict that will no doubt sooner or later exist. Now, at first it's not going to exist because everybody's in love, right? doesn't matter. They look great. They smell great. Everything they do and say is perfect, right? You think about them all the time. You even leave them, you know, Facebook posts, you know, to let them know how sweet and wonderful they are. But sooner or later, because your moral compass is here and theirs is who knows where, there's going to be a, a big gap always between the two of you or the group of you, the, the group of people that you want to get closer to. Now, what if you're already in a relationship like that? If you're already there, well, just pray. pray. If you're already married to somebody that doesn't know Jesus and you don't see any progress, pray. Continue to pray for them. The Bible actually addresses that and understands that that will happen. That regardless of what's best, people are going to fall in love and they're going to end up getting married. And this, this whole message is not about marriage, but it's about thinking about Who am I aligning myself with? Who am I choosing to do life with? Somebody that has the same moral compass or have I chosen a group or a person that they just don't know where it is? Because the source of conflict is going to be somewhere in the middle because your moral compass is one way and theirs is somewhere else. Now that might be hard to hear. That might be difficult. It might even be hurtful to to hear. And you may not agree, but it's no less true. That, that, that the Bible is really clear. In fact, Paul, in another section of Scripture, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, the first part of verse 14 says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. Team up with people on your side. Team up with people that, that have the same standards. Because where do I go when I'm hurt and confused? I want to go to people that look to the same source for answers as I do. I need that. And it just baffles me how people can go year after year after year of saying, I'm a follower of Christ, but I'm choosing not to really have a core group of friends that also follow Christ. A core group of friends that are on the same journey and build a relationship with them. Now, this might sound like, well, that's judgmental. What do you mean? You're just telling these people, no. But Jesus pulled out 12 people. He could have called a thousand people and said, hey, you 1,000 people come and help me. But he saw something in 12 people that said, that's the group I want to be with. And then even among the 12 that he called out, he was closer relationally to three of them. That didn't mean he doesn't love the other nine. That doesn't mean he doesn't love everybody because he picked out 12, but he picked out 12 to be his core. Now, it's really important that we understand this part because Here's the the problem, though. Here's where some people kind of get off track. 
they form their core group of friends that are also followers of Christ. And, and some people like to call this a holy huddle. You know, I'm just with these people, these holy people. That's all I'm with. I'm not going to be with anybody else. And we're on the up escalator and all you on the down escalator, well, you can just go on to hell because I'm with these people. Our pastor said it's a core group of friends and that's all I'm going to have. But the problem is the Bible calls us to be a light to those people. The Bible doesn't call us just to get with our group of people that are like us, that believe the same things we do, that have the same moral compass, same understanding of Scripture, and say, okay, you make me feel good, so I'm going to stay right here. The Bible also calls us to be a light to those who we may disagree with, to, to love and be friends with people who are far from God or who may live differently than we do. So you've got your core group of friends that help you grow spiritually, and then your everyday friends are there so you can be a light to those around you. And it's your core group of friends that helps you be a light to your everyday friends. So as I'm talking through this message, you're probably taking your friends and you're just thinking what you need to do. Maybe you need to recategorize some of them. Maybe, you, maybe you've got some people that, that, that are in this group that really need to be in this group. And you just switch. You, just tell, you don't have to tell them. You can just today. You can today go, all right, you're no longer a core friend. You're just an everyday friend. But you don't tell them that. It's like I, I have about a thousand or so friends on Facebook. And I know a lot of people have a lot more, a lot of people a lot less. Some of you would ascribe, oh, if I could only have a thousand friends, you know, I would feel like a little more accomplished. Or maybe you're looking for the, you know, the third friend, I don't know, but you're looking to, to, to you know, g- gain your friends list. And sometimes I will unfriend people, either because I'm tired of looking at something or I'm tired of hearing rants and raves. I'm just like, all right, we are no longer digital friends. We're no longer virtual friends. And the good thing is you don't even know. You don't get a, you don't get a notification, except now today you're going to go look and go, oh man, was that me that he was talking about today? So how do I... Because we don't want to just go home and say, hey, you had a great sermon today in church. We're not friends anymore. I'll see you later. <laughs> you can't do that. But what you can do is think about, do I have my friends in the right categories? Do I have my core group of friends, the ones that share my same moral compass, that are helping me be all that God has called me to be? Do I have them close to me so I can count on them and be with them and strengthen my faith through them? And then do I have my other friends, my everyday friends that God calls me to be friends with that may have lost their way in the world and may be very different than me? Am I approaching that relationship with the understanding that my purpose is to be a light to that person? That might take days, months, years, even decades for them to finally say, okay, I kind of get this fake thing you're talking about. So how do you do that? How do we live in both? How do we understand what's core and what's just every day? Well, you have to set some boundaries. You have to resolve a few things in your mind. And one of those things would be, if you're taking notes, write this down. You need to think, you know, not that you're moving them off the island. You know, I'm just getting rid of this person. But you think, I, I will not, you just make these commitments. I will not allow my friends to pull me away from God's plan. I won't. I, I know what God's plan is. I know what he wants for me. I know what he wants me to understand. And I'm not going to allow my friends to pull me away. So when I'm with my everyday friends, and I start to be tempted to become like them, and they're 
I'll pick something we shouldn't do. Gossip. They're gossiping. They're just yak, 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 just, just talking about somebody else, just ripping them apart. And if you're tempted to say, oh yeah, you know what else? You know what? Let me tell you what I know. Because knowledge, you know, brings power. And I just want to tell you what I know about that person. And you're tempted to do that. Or you see them living a lifestyle that, that you would like to have that car and that house and that boat and that extra stuff that they have. And, and you don't know how much debt they have, but you know it looks a lot of fun. So you just go out and start doing that yourself. And before you know it, you're in a mess too. So you need to make a decision when you say, there are everyday friends I hang out with. I will not allow them to pull me away from God's plan for my life. Because they will. Because we're not strong enough unless we continually go back to our core group of friends and say, you know what, I really struggle with this. I have a core group of friends that I talk about my struggles with, that I tell them, here are the things that Donnie is struggling with. Here's the sin that Donnie is struggling with. And I want you to know. Now, I have everyday friends. I would never tell them that. It's none of their business. But my core group of friends that know how to pray for me, that understand my heart, they know me. And I've made the decision, and you need to make the decision that you will not allow your friends to pull you away from God's plan. Now, do your friends, do your friends continually make you feel like you're pulled in to the ungodly behavior that maybe they're participating in? Then you need to decide, well, who do I need to spend the most time with? And as we've decided, okay, I'm not going to let those friends influence me and pull me away from God's plan for my life. But also, I have to understand that Jesus said to be a light to the world, so I will not stop loving people with the unconditional love of Jesus. So it's so easy to just kind of get in our, in our spiritual friendships and just stay there and just go read our Bible with them and pray with them and just never really think about there are people who have lost their way that I need to be a light to. And I may not be perfect in everything that I do and say and believe, but I can sure be a light to them because I know where I'm headed and I want them to be on the same journey. And I won't let my core group of friends who know Jesus keep me from unconditionally loving people the way Jesus did. So that's what can happen when you just say, well, I'm just going to hang out with these good people and these, these, these people that share my same moral compass and boundaries and, and I'm not going to be around those other people, then, then you're not listening to what God said when he calls us to be a light in the darkness. And your core friends can be the one that, that, that help you do that, that help you love those and reach those that are far from God, that help you stay engaged in a culture that desperately needs the message of Christ. Here's why this is so important that we understand this about our friends. Some of you here right now are on the edge of making a really bad moral decision. You're on the edge of doing something stupid relationally, morally. You're on the edge of betrayal. You're on the edge of getting yourself in a mess. And if you don't have this core group of friends that, that share the same direction as you, you're going to mess up. If you don't have that group of friends that you can say, I am tempted to do this, pray for me that I don't. I'm struggling with that, pray for my struggles. I'm about to make this decision, please help me with it. If you don't have that, you're going to end up on this side, wandering around, losing your way, all because you've chosen to let the wrong friends influence your life. And so if you didn't get anything else out of this whole series, get this. 
And that is that your friends will influence your future. So think about your future and where you believe and where you know God is calling you to be. And if you don't know that, come and talk to me. I'll help you work through that and wrestle through that. But those friends will influence where you go. No matter what your desires are, no matter what your plans are, the people you choose to spend the bulk of your time with will determine the very direction of your life. So how do you rediscover the lost art of friendship? You surround yourself with the right core friends. And you love people unconditionally. Let's pray. God, thank you for this challenging scripture that lets us know that the company we keep can affect our character in, in ways that, that we don't even understand. God, as we leave here today, may we think about friends we might need to recategorize into different types of relationships. And God, may every person here find their way to a community of people that can be core in their life and help them understand more about you every day. And God, I pray for the people who might be on the edge of a, a really bad decision that, that you would guide them and lead them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.